Overlooking Phoenix. From high above in the Star Worldwide Network Studios. Badge Boys. Stories, insight, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. And now, here they are, the Badge Boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Badge Boys, the show where two retired cops talk to the committee. I'm retired Crime Stopper Sergeant Darren Birch, and not in the studio this week is Jason Schechterly. In fact, this is going to be a very special, very special indeed program. We have an announcement. Uh, as sad as it may be, is also when the door, one door closes, another can be opened. Um, this is, in all practical purposes, the last Badge Boys show. Um, the bad news or and good news, uh, Jason Sheckley is doing so good in so many facets of life and professional life with his speaking engagements, his keynote speaker, uh, his inspirational um, speaking engagements, consulting uh, on so many levels. World traveler too. Uh, exactly. I mean, he had an entire stadium, which they call the pitch, I believe, um, rise in the, in the stadium, a standing ovation for uh, Jason, something like 50,000 people standing and cheering him on. So he's doing so good. But with this type of success comes the commitments, the responsibilities. And probably about a month ago, and I'll be very frank and honest, we've held it back for a little bit because I wanted to make sure that it was a for sure thing. I didn't want to kind of do that. You know, with it. I didn't want a roller coaster for the audience in terms of uh, whether or not we're going to continue to do the show or not. Uh, but he reached uh, to me uh, when he was one of his traveling gigs and said, Darren, I, said, I just don't know if I can continue Badge Boys. I have so many commitments, and we're at such a great place. I love the last four years. I mean, me and Jason absolutely love each other, and we've had so much fun over the four years, so many great guests, and I mean that. That's what made the show what it was is uh, the guests, and I loved interviewing them he loved interviewing them uh, but he's at a point in his life where he just doesn't have the time and there's a there's a grind and he felt bad uh again a, a testament to who he is he felt bad that he was putting it all on my shoulders and he wanted to kind of let me know sooner rather than later what he was feeling so he kind of reached out like i said about a month ago and said i just don't know if i just don't his exact words i don't seek my ability continued to do the show and I don't want to put it all on you. Uh, so continue the show knowing that you might have, you know, get a new co-host, blah, blah. And as you know, uh, Robin, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, mm -hmm. he is the heart of our show. And that's not me being humble. That's not me being pragmatic. That's, that's just me being freaking honest. Right. He is seriously the heart of the show. When I may be the, um, starting pitcher, you know, when I do the open, he's the closer. He's the closer. So I'm going to use a baseball metaphor for Jason uh, so he can appreciate this. He is the closer. It's all about the way you close a show. And when people talk about Badge Boys, when they reach out, um, more often than not, they talk about his inspirational closing messages. It's not my bowels of humanity with the stupid <laughs> suspects. It's his inspirational uh, closing messages that people really, it just stays with you. And it's not even sometimes the story. It's it's the way he says it, the heart, and then he always 
brings it home and what it means to him. It's not just the story. It's the story and then how he relates it to his life and right. our life. Uh, just so I kind of explained to Jason. I said, you know, buddy, there is no badge voice without Jason Sheckley. Sorry, I'm not continuing the show without you. And that's not me trying to say come back or, you know. Um, it's just me being honest. It, the Bad Boys is Jason Sheckley and Darren Birch. It's not Darren somebody or Jason somebody. It's us. Right. And so I, with, I just couldn't continue it. And so I had to think about it, uh, how I was going to. So the first person I told, um, who did you think that was, Robin? Uh, probably me. It was 100% <laughs> you. Uh, you were absolutely the first person I told. And I wanted you to be aware because I know we, how much we look forward to Wednesdays with them. And uh, the three of us doing badge boys, we're a family here. You're our badge sister, no doubt about it. And I, I, so I told you, I said, I'm just going to sit on it. Remember, I said, I'm mm-hmm. just going to sit on it, see, make sure it's real. Because, you know, he, he never said, it's over. You know, right, we didn't have right, a fight and right, a blowout. Right, and, there was still hope. Yeah. yeah. And so I, 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 so I called him up like two weeks later, a week and a half later. It was over a week, though. I called him back up and I said, you know, I hate to be that... Um, <laughs> I use the analogy of, um, I hate to say this, but for, as cops, we do the notification, sadly, in homicides. And a homicide can be anything. It could be a murder. It could be a suicide. It's any unnatural death. And there's a notification that goes with that. Basically, anytime a doctor isn't signing, we are the ones that end up, sadly, many times, often not telling some family member the horrible, horrible news. And having been a homicide sergeant, I did a lot of the notifications because I'm not helping them as much with the investigations. I wasn't a case carrying homicide detective ever like Jason was, you know, but as a Sergeant, I did a lot of these damn notifications and they're horrible, but there's something you always had to do. You had to use the word die or death. You have to right. say the word you can be as, 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 and you should be as comforting as humanly possible. You, you be professional you, um, you want to provide them advocates. You want to give them resources. You want to make sure there's someone that can, is with them. All those things are true, but you have to use the word death. Mm-hmm. They died. Because if you don't, they will, They'll have as soon hope. as you leave, they will turn it around and say, well, when you say passing, so he's still around? Right. When you say he's gone, so he might come back? You know, it, it sounds silly, but it's true. And so I called him up, called Jason up, and I said, I feel like I'm one of the victims of a, uh, a homicide. So you're saying there's a chance <laughs> you're coming back? And he laughed his ass off. Well, that's good. Yeah. And he said, he said, no. He said, yeah, and I'm, I'm done. There's just no way. You know, it's not, I, it's not that I want to be done. It's I am done. It you just know, doesn't fit into what he's it, doing it, anymore. It, no. And, and that's and, okay. And that's, it, it's not only, I'll even go one step further. It's not only okay, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. That he's successful. He's going places. He's doing things God, I'm so happy for him. And I think that's why it took me so long because I was so happy to hear the news for him. I kind of th- didn't even think about myself in terms of what we're done. I'm not going to continue the show without him. And, you know, if we take this back a couple of years, so many people were affected by COVID and the shutdowns for everything. And Jason included. Jason had this lifestyle that he was already doing all these speeches and traveling all around the country. He was supposed to go across the the sea to another country and everything got shut down for him. So Badge Boys became something for him in that meantime 
to make him actually feel good about life because everything else that he was trying to accomplish by going out there and speaking and inspiring people, it got shut down. It did, as and it that did was with hard. all these speakers. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It got very difficult for so many people working and happened, in industries. That happened midway yeah. in the Badge Boys. Midway, yeah, because we started through. this so four we, years ago. We had ago. the strength of knowing what we had as right. far as a team, as, right. as a concept. Um, but so it's funny. So with, with having said all that, and I kind of alluded to the fact when one door closes one opens up mm-hmm. um both the studio here dave pratt with star worldwide um studios or star worldwide networks said are you done and i said well, i'm not going to be doing bad but he said, but are you done or would you like to do something different and i was like you know what i'd love to do something different i'm, I'm open to that and then FRN, the studio that um, the TV channel side of the house, the streaming network, uh, same thing. Um, Want to know what I had in mind for you know moving forward, if anything. And I've been thinking about it for the last four or five weeks. Did I want what would I want to do? I don't want to do a copycat Bash Boys. I'm not going to do the same format. This format was something I came up with when Jason and I met. Uh, Jason, you know, I had been doing radio and he, he kind of said, you know, what do you envision? And I said, well, it's our show, but I'll tell you what I envision. Then tell me what you think of it and we'll t- tool it. And to his credit, he's just been such a, a good guy that when I say I'm thinking this, he doesn't have any ego. He's like, I love that idea, Darren. Um, he he kind of trusted my experience having done radio and so and TV and so forth. So I told him I, I liked the idea of doing the interview. I liked the idea of the, uh, like three parts. The second part being just a, just a conversation between us rather than the, the guest, but it could be the guest. And then the third part having more of a lighthearted ending where we have heroic, we have stupid suspects. We, and then I said, I like the idea of you having an inspirational message. And he loved that, loved that. And that really, again, I, I, it's the heart of the show, his endings of the show. So how, why in the world would I continue that? So I, so I was thinking about a format, and I, I came up with the different names of the different show, and, and I wasn't even going to promote it like I have been with Badge Boys, which Badge Boys I promote quite heavily. Every right. week I, I promote it to, it's up to about 800,000, you know. Isn't that 10, crazy? It's insane. It's insane what we started the with. The audience out there and everybody that has actually reached out and talked about the show, I mean, we have huge listenership all across the country and even abroad. Yeah, so, I mean, it's yeah. really awesome that the show has grown in leaps and bounds through the years. And so to that end, what I told him I wanted to do is look for a sponsor, and I have, and I, I found one, so we have a potential sponsor. Look at you. And what we'll do is we'll promote the show each week like we have, but we're at 230-something. We're going to have, you know... Again, 230-some-odd shows. I'm going to go back to show one. We'll tool it next week, the following week, so forth. And we'll even have a special uh, show that me and Jason did, Accelerate, the Axon Expo, world's largest expo, you know, showing off the tools of law enforcement and military as it relates to drones and cameras and so forth, robots, we did this great interview where I interviewed him. I interviewed Jason. And it was such a neat, fun interview. And because it's Jason Schechterly. You know, I always want to say Schechterly, Jason Schechterly, <laughs> uh, in my worst James Bond voice. Uh, it doesn't get worse than that. 
so we're going to have that show. And so there will be other shows that we'll do in this goodbye. So this isn't truly the final show in terms, but I don't really know, probably two, three more tops. But then what I'll do is go back with the sponsor that it looks like we're going to have and retool episode one all the way to episode 230. And each week, starting with one, then two, and three, and chronologically up the... And there's only a few, and you know the few that I have that I'm not really proud of. There's like just literally one or... Well, there's probably four that I can look at and say, not our best work. We could have done better. Yeah, we yeah. could have done but it better. Happened. And that's not bad, though, the ratio. I mean, think how many shows I'm you've done you. through I'm four years, you. right? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I'm being honest, you know, the other shows I love. And if I don't love it, then... I, it's not that I hate it. It's just, yeah, it's not our best work, not my best work. Sometimes the guest isn't at a place where they're really ready to talk. Yeah, Quite but that's, We've that's had okay. We've a few of those, yeah, sadly. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it is okay, 100%. I just won't repost those. But I'm going to repost the show so that people that have just jumped in on the Badge Boys can now enjoy these first few shows all the way to wherever they started, and they'll be new to them. Right. Yeah. So I love that aspect. We have <laughs> over 200 shows to reintroduce to our listening audience. And so I'll be doing that. So if you are a Johnny Come Lately, that's good. In fact, it's even great. You you will enjoy this. If you've been on us from day one, eh, maybe you forgot some of these shows and you would like to hear them again. Having said all that, I'm going to do a new show. And I don't want to compete with my badge boys, uh, but it's going to be here with Dave Pratt and Star Worldwide uh, Network. Uh, Thank May- God you're not leaving me. Uh, you, know, you know, how could I do that, right? I, you and I have built such a bond through the yes. last four years. Oh and my I, gosh, we're buddies. And when you told me about badge boys being done, I'm like, uh, are you going to do something? Because, you know, <laughs> Dave's going to be okay with that and I'm going to be okay with that. Don't leave us. Oh. And yeah. th- that's exactly how Dave was and yeah. exactly how you were. You're right. We love you. Um, and you I know? love you guys. And I, yeah, so I like the idea of doing something, but I want it to be so different, so different. So I won't go into deep explanation of this new show, but it will be different. It's going to be called The Badge Zone and emphasize the zone. Think Twilight Zone, but with cops. It's going to be the bizarre. It's going to be the strange. May even be the supernatural. And I emphasize may, because it may very well be. Uh, there's things we've gone through, and, and, and Rob and I talk a lot. Um, you know, I show up like an hour early just to hang out with my bud. Um, and then we, we hang around after talking uh, all the time. You go to every one of my Halloween parties. I'm kind of into the whole Halloween thing, am I not? Yes, yes, you are. And you do things that I wish I could do now, but I don't have the space to do. So I get to come to your place and just, my you know, poor wife. live. Yeah, but your your whole family is awesome. <laughs> and I'm so great. You know, I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to meet your family. And, you know, your wife and your daughter are just amazing. They are so much better than I am. Nah. <laughs> and so gracious to put up with me. You all but compliment yeah, I mean, each other. I love other. making monsters. I yes. Love, and so I'm, Anyways, uh, I love the idea of one of my favorite shows, Twilight Zone, as a kid, and the idea that every cop has a story. Every cop has knows the craziness of a full moon. And when I say cops, firefighters, nurses, if you're in the profession where you're dealing with the public, you know what happens when that moon is full. Emergency and rooms and hospitals oh, become the Especially, oh, yes. especially. Wow. And right now, there's nurses, there's doctors, there's folks listening to me saying, 
uh, I attest, a <laughs> word. Uh, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, there is that sixth sense, and I won't go into detail because it's in my book, but I wrote three books, uh, Twist But True, uh, one, two, and three. Uh, two being, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the subtitles, <laughs> is uh, Filling in the Cracks. And then the third being uh, plugging up the holes. <laughs> a little bit of a deprecating humor <laughs> there, I guess. And uh, so I, and I write a little bit of these bizarre stuff, but they even kind of go into the supernatural. I had a dream about a fallen um, brother, uh, officer. It's in my first book. I talk about Ken and how he saved my, my ass when I locked myself out of a patrol car as I left my lights and sirens on in the middle of a major intersection on a three-car pileup cluster was in, with injured people and two drunk drivers from separate vehicles, and I'm locked out of my car, which uh, all cops know is your, it's your jail cell. And so uh, he saved my ass. Not long after that, he was killed in a shootout with bank robbers. Broke my heart because he really did save my career. And, and I mean that with all, I'm not, you know, exaggerating at all. He truly saved my career. I was ready to take my badge off and walk away if I didn't have people to help and, and say, but I was done. That was a bad, bad, bad shift. And he saved my butt in so many ways. And 10 years after his death, I had this weird dream about him. I hadn't had dreams about him. This wasn't something like he wasn't my best friend. In fact, I barely knew him before he saved my ass. And then I always thought about him after that because he really was that type of officer that you looked up to, Ken Collins. And I had this weird dream where he was happy and elated. And I can't even tell you what the message was. He was talking to me, but even after I woke up, you know how sometimes you wake up, you can't remember the mm -hmm. dream? It was like that, except the dream was so vivid. It was more vivid than, than most dreams. You, dreams, you, even afterwards, you, they even dissipate. Right. This didn't, I could see it clearly. I see it clearly today. It was one of those weird dreams that you're not, you know it's a dream, but it was too real. We call those visitations. See, you're in that world, yes. and I don't know that world, yeah. but you're right. It was something, something it, more than more a dream. than surreal. Yeah. And dreams are usually surreal; they're not real. And this was real. So I wake up. I'm watching TV. And again, this is in my book. I put this in the third book because I, I it's almost like a bookend, if you will, to the first book. With when I, when I talk about Ken, how he saved my ass. And in the third book, I talk about Heaven Sent and how he came to me, and that he he just made me feel good that he was okay. And it's a weird feeling. So. I'm watching TV. I, I want to say it was a Sunday, if I remember right. And I'm talking to my wife, tell her about the dream, watch TV. Breaking news. They caught his murder. Oh, wow. After 10 years, they finally caught his murderer hiding out in Mexico, and he's being extradited. It was literally breaking news because it was such a big deal in Arizona. It was the first cop that we didn't didn't solve his murder in, in, the, in the extent that he was still free, smelling free air. Wow. And he, I want to say he was, I could be wrong with this, but I want to say the uh, killer, I won't say his name, I never do, um, was tried in abstentia, if I remember right. I could be wrong about that, but I believe he was tried in abstentia. But uh, the idea that, yeah, and that's why he came to me in that dream. It's, and I truly believe that. I really wow. do. And I'm one of those doubters. I'm one of those kind of, I'm an open-minded 
doubter is what I am. Yes. I'm very open-minded about all things because I've seen these things. I, I, I told you about the day when I was in my second book, I talked about being shot at. Uh, I think it's in a second, but it might be a third, where I'm talking about. And before the shooting occurred, it was a guy on a rooftop back in a time period where we getting a lot of sniper fire from, it was bad summer kind of thing, gangs and so forth. And I was at this big um, brawl fight, which was our radio code is 239, but it was a big, big fight. And I just had this funny feeling. I kind of kind of ducked. I can't even explain why I did it or how much I did. I just kind of ducked. And shots came ringing all around me. I was just, they were just plugging the, the way the parking lot was chipping all over the place. Um, I ducked behind a light pole, had that big concrete structure at its base. This was a, like a, a light pole in the parking lot, a large shopping center parking lot where the bar was located. Uh, I shouldn't say bar, nightclub, um, high-end nightclub where a bunch of gang members got in a fight with a bunch of kind of high-end celebrity types, um, football, basketball stars, that sort of thing, over women, and it went ugly very fast. So I don't know if I ducked because, you know, I just thought something was amiss. I, I don't know. But that's the sixth sense effect, and every cop has that. And when I say every cop, I don't know if firefighters have it. I don't know if nurses have it. I don't know if doctors have it. I don't know if tow truck drivers have it who help DPS with these fatals on the roadway. But I know cops absolutely have like a sixth sense where we'll go into a um, a apartment complex because we feel something's wrong. And could that just because we're savvy and know our beat? Yes. Is it because we can read the tea leaves and, and know that something's mm -hmm. amiss at, you know, because of a party or because of some event down the street? Yeah, it could be. It could be all those things. Or it could be just we have a sixth sense. Yeah, you and trust what you feel. Yeah. Yeah, we, thank you. Thank you. You trust what you feel, and you go with it. And we, in fact, when I used to do uh, seminars for when I was silent witness sergeant, a crime stopper sergeant, I would do these seminars, and it was a fundraising. They would uh, give money for it, and then, boom, the money would go to the crime stoppers program. I would have a, a, a female officer would talk about um, how to stay safe and, and as a woman alone on the streets, what she does. And she was excellent. It was uh, Jackie McConnell, who's a commander uh, or chief. Um, she's anyway, she would give these. And then I would give a class called trust your intuition. And I base it on something I did with my mom. I had my mom wanted to go on a, a, a trip, her first trip after the death of her husband and I was walking away like, oh, good for you. You're going to Hollywood with your best friend. Again, this is also in the book. I want to say this is in third chapter, third book, excuse me. And as I'm walking out the door, I just got this funny feeling like I need to talk to her. And I turned around and said, mom, can we talk? And that's always a bad thing when, you, when your son says, can we talk? Sometimes, and, yeah. Yeah, she literally went, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, we, and we had a lot of deaths in the family and so forth. So, But I said, no, no, no. I just, you know, I, I talked to people about you know how to stay safe and so forth and i just never and i just want to tell you about hollywood it's not the safest place in the world um own whatever feeling you're getting if you see someone across this is how i relate it to her if you see somebody across the street that just seems scary own it watch them let them know you're watching them and that's what i call owning it oh. and just believe in your your little silent alarm whatever that silent alarm is listen to it believe in it and own it and own that situation and so that's how i related to her and so she goes to hollywood uh 
everything's fine. I don't hear from her. She comes back. Uh, she comes to the house and she goes, we need to talk. And I'm like, oh, oh. shit. And uh, she proceeds to tell me this horrific story where her and her girlfriend went into what they thought was a, um, a taxi cab, not even a taxi, but, you know, the limousine service, which are just regular cars, you know. And she sits down, but something, she couldn't put her finger on it. Later, she realized there was no placard showing who this guy was. There was no radio system inside. There was no system showing how much you owe. There's nothing that made it look like a, uh, a limousine service or a transportation service of any kind. But she didn't know that at the time. She just knew something didn't seem right. And so as her girlfriend's going on and on talking, this guy's going the wrong way. She wants to see the Hollywood sign. I think in the book I call it, um, it's a sign. Because yeah, is and it was a sign. He was going the wrong way. She knew it was that way. He tells her shut up because he's rude uh, in a foreign accent. And that's not to suggest that because he's foreign, he's a bad guy. But it, it was very abrupt. So at first, the friend just thought, oh, it's just you know, doesn't understand language. He's just being abrupt. My mom's again. It's a big warning sign. You know, no, I'm telling you, you're going the wrong way. Pull over. We're done. He won't pull over. Pull over. We're done. He won't pull over. Now the friend is listening. And now she's on her phone. And I had told her, your phone and your mouth is your best weapon. Mm -hmm. And she's on the phone. She's talking to 911 operator. And the friend is freaking the frick out. She's like, what is going on? And he finally, when he sees that she's on the phone talking to 911 operator, he pulls off the, um, the highway that he's on abruptly. Uh, through like three lanes of traffic, gets off on the very next stoplight, um, pulls into a gravel pit area kind of off the road, oh. opens the door, throws them out, and drives off. As she's on the back calling in his license plate number. Good for her. Arians go overhead. They catch him. He is a rapist. Oh, my he God. Is a, um, he was targeting tourists. He is robbing them and many times raping them. And they caught him. That is a true story. Now, why do I say that's important? Because it's trusting your intuition. Why did I go back? This is a mom who I was concerned with not going on with her life after she lost her husband, uh, my stepdad. Uh, so I was so concerned. I wouldn't want to rain on her parade. But something in me said, I need to tell her, trust your intuition. Now, is that supernatural? No. Or yes, I don't know. I don't know why I felt so strongly about it, but I did enough to potentially rain on her parade. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. Um, yeah, so that's the type of stories. Not that story, because you're going to hear from other cops, other nurses, other doctors, um, a code enforcement officer. One of the first shows we're going to have is with a code enforcement officer. Uh, it is absolutely sad, tragic, riveting, and uplifting in that order. So you have that to look forward to if that's your cup of tea. I hope it is. And if not, join us back on Badge Boys, episode one. Uh, you'll like it. I, I promise you. And uh, so that's it in a nutshell. I'm looking forward to doing this. Uh, but then again, I'm also looking forward to coming back from our commercial break and doing Cops and Robin. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Badge Boys. We'll be back right after this. If you like the Badge Boys, you'll love their books, starting with Burning Shield, the Jason Schechterly story, which Arizona Diamondbacks president Derek Hall proclaimed, Jason is an inspiration and his story must be read and shared. 
The professionally written novel is a powerful biography chronicling Jason's gut-wrenching battle to health after being trapped in a fireball that consumed his police car and his high-stakes legal showdown against the Ford Motor Company for their explodingly lethal Crown Victoria police cruisers. Then there's Darren's award-winning Twisted But True book trilogy with close to 100 compelling and funny true crime stories that American detectives with Lieutenant Joe Kenda producer called the perfect blend of humor, heroism, and honor. And retired Colonel Dave Grossman declared, Darren's Twisted But True books are hilarious, deep, and powerful. Each book in the series received the Pinnacle Award for the best true crime book, and a story from book two was featured on an ID Channel television show. And Robin's most recent book, Soul Stirrings, reviewed as an often humorous and spiritually uplifting story of a widow's soul-searching pilgrimage to the afterlife. Darren called it a love story, a ghost story, an investigative story. It's a story like no other. And Robin's first book, Victim No More, where she shares her harrowing experiences with rape and domestic violence as Robin takes the reader on a very personal journey through the morass of abuse and loss, and ultimately, survival. These Badge Boy books should be on everybody's top 10 reading list. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it was, a, I know, a very interesting, if not sad or, or unpleasant uh, announcement that Badge Boys is, is closed for now. Uh, but it's funny. I, I felt good about it because yeah. we've been holding this back, um, not knowing for sure, and then wanting to make sure everyone within our um, circles knew what was going on before we made the announcement and where I was going to go. Am I going to, you know, am I going to promote another show? Am I not? We could, you know, and I like the idea of putting out new badge boys. Well, you know, new badge boys. <laughs> we, we talked about this before we went on the air too. the whole idea about growth. There, yeah. There's growth in life and, you send when people grow and mature and go off and do their own thing, you send them away with love. And it's like Jason is taking on the world. When we started this four and a half years ago, he was taking on the United States. So he's grown in leaps and bounds. The things so successful. The things that you have done and you guys have done with Badge Boys, going from just a podcast to now a TV show, all the people that you've brought around, I mean I've always wanted to be a cop. Let's just put that out there. And I never. And you played a lot. On I've TV. played a lot of cops in movies and television. And the idea that now a good, a good bunch of my friends are former LEOs. They're all retired or they're still working in the field. And they've made a world of difference in my life, teaching me some things about life in general. You know, several of the people you have come in here, even, even Sean Reavy. Yeah. You know, now my son is involved with his stuff. So there's so many connections within the law enforcement world. You've met a lot of friends. Yeah, Badge Boys. I yeah. have. Yeah. And, you know, the greatest friend that I've made from Badge Boys, and I will not be shy about this, is you. Oh, you know, it. you've you've really We're brought, buddies. Yeah, you've really brought a lot to my life because you've shown me that side of the vulnerable human experience just learning about you and your life and and having those talks that we do in here every week it's so cool i mean you 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 know you talked about it during the first segment you come in here an hour ahead of time sometimes and we just bs for an hour and then the show is like ready to rock and roll and those are such precious times to me because i love to hear about others and what they do in their life and 
you did a lot for me when I wrote the last book. You previewed it and you gave me the quote for the back of the book. When you wrote stuff down for me, I was not expecting to have that. But that was a magical moment for me because you wrote on the actual manuscript and I'm like, can I use this as the quote on the back of the book? Because it was so powerful, just your words and how you did that. And I purposely, when I put this, when I was ready to do the manuscript, I put this to male friends of mine. And some of the females in my life were a little bit upset because they didn't get to read it. But I wanted to see if it translated to both men and women. And when you wrote that quote for me, that just blew me away. Oh, and, you know, I, I, will, book. I will always be, you know, I will always thank you from the bottom of my heart for not just that, but for being the friend that you've been. And I'm so glad that I'm still going to get to work with you here. We are. You know? We are. I mean, you're going to do badge zone for me. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you can't get rid of me. I'm the studio director here. So I, I, and here's if, if you, if you haven't listened to some of the episodes in the past, I just want to say this, the moment that badge boys was born, I fought for this show. Um, there used to be someone here as a general manager who wanted to do the show. And I said, absolutely not. I am sticking my hand into this and I want to be the person who produces badge boys and the rest is history. Yeah. And I know who's talking about Ed. I'll just say Ed. Yeah. A good guy. Uh, and I remember that. And, I was not going to let him have it. Was so I cool. fought for this. And when Jason and I met you, it was like, oh, she's such a perfect fit. And it was very early on when I came to you and said, I hope you kind of weigh in. You have absolutely carte blanche away in any time uh, because you, I kind of like the idea that not having law at the time, I was thinking not having law enforcement in your background, it may be a good thing. And you definitely are, a, you know, a, my God, you're a legend in the Valley, yeah. uh, you're, you know, rock and, and Robin. In some people's minds. <laughs> and so, you know, who better? And yet I never even realized just how important you would be in many of these discussions. So many times I talk to, it's not just me. So many times when I've talked to other people, they'll say, oh my God, what Robin shared really touched me. And because you bring, we talk about vulnerability, you know, I don't know what certain crimes are like. I see it as the, you know, you know, the hopefully detective that catches them. I don't I see it from the, from that perspective as, as a, a woman having been raped. Um, you've not just a victim, a survivor, and you've empowered people with your books, victim no more. You are absolutely a testament to surviving and what it means and th- not just surviving, but thriving. And then thriving. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Don't make me cry, dude. Yeah. So I love you. Uh, but I tell you, um, when Jason wasn't here, I used to always talk about, you know, at least I have <laughs> the backup, Robin. the backup. Yeah. He rocks in the treetop all day long, hopping and a-bopping and a-singing his song. All the little birds on Jaybird Street love to hear the Robin go tweet, 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 rock and Robin, tweet, 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 rock and Robin, tweet. All right, so we got some headlines for you, Darren. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. This will be like mm. the last time we'll do kind of cops and Robin or, or cop talk, and they're so political so many times, and I have no doubt they're gonna be political again because everything's so political. I kind of like the idea with this bad zone that I won't be talking about. I won't go political, anymore. right? And yeah, I won't. Yeah, I won't be forced to. I guess is probably a better way of saying. Well, it. hang up the handcuffs on that. Yeah, 
Big yeah, time. That'll work. Big time. Yeah, we'll shut that jail cell. Yeah, there you go. All right. So the first one we have this week is FBI Director Ray faces grilling from House Republicans. My point exactly. That's exactly. This is again, I don't want to say this is political because that's too easy of a statement because um, that's what one side is saying. The Democrats, and again, I'm going to come in as hopefully as an independent, uh, put my independent hat on. This is, the Democrats are saying this is political. The 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 Republicans are saying, no, uh, FBI has been weaponized by a party and by a presidency. And I, I don't know, maybe a week ago, no, 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 more like a month ago, we had some headlines that were very similar in sense of some of the things that the FBI was caught short on. And again, they were caught short again, where just recently a court came down and said that the FBI, it was absolutely culpable, responsible, whatever word you want to say in legal terms, they were implicit in censoring social media against certain issues that that they should not have been involved clearly the laptop they came down and said to the social media people that would listen and to what degree how strong arming they were i do not know but they absolutely did it they absolutely People in the FBI, as representatives of the FBI, went to Twitter, went to the other social media giants, which is kind of like our paper boy. Mm-hmm. If you kill the paper boys back in 1960, we don't get the paper. Right. Right. If you go around stealing and crushing and dismantling all the newspaper vending machines, we don't get the paper. Nope. And that's what Twitter and these other things have done. They become our conduit to the news. They are our paper boy. And the FBI went to Twitter, our paper boy, and said, this is not a story. Don't put it out. This is disinformation. And it wasn't. It's, I don't know if it's okay to be wrong, but I was going to say it's okay to be wrong, but don't be complicit. They were complicit in withholding, helping withhold information that, that could have changed an election. I don't know if it would have. I don't know. But there's a thing called the October Surprise. Mm-hmm. for November. And that would have been the October surprise. I think they call it October surprise, don't they? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's one party, the other party has something you hold back and boom, they put it out. It's ugly, but it's what do it right do before you go voting. Exactly. Yeah, to skew and you. That never became a story. And there's people that, that either never heard it or thought it was truly false. And all the, so that's just one thing that, uh, FBI Director Ray is facing grilling on with the House today um, by the Republicans. Um, Jordan is the the highest ranking Republican. He's the chairman. He's doing the um, this hearing, and they're probably going to try to look at contempt charges because there's so many times where Director Ray said one thing and it turned out to be another thing. And here's why I think that's interesting. And when my wife was contacted by the FBI for something they wanted to investigate with a um, uh, aer- aerospace agency she was working for. I won't say the name because they're very good. Uh, there's not they weren't doing anything wrong, but FBI wanted to, or some type of federal agency was looking at them. It might not have been FBI, but I think it was. And she asked me, she goes, "God, this is kind of scary," because she said, "I'm just a secretary." 
and there's no just to that word, but in the terms of she is simply doing the bidding of other individuals. She mm-hmm. does a lot of work. She works a lot harder than anyone else in that office, but she's not making decisions. She's simply carrying out orders and decisions. And when they're asking her questions, my concern as her husband is if you're wrong, you could be charged with a crime. And here's why. It's called providing false information. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that code is if you're talking to a, a street cop in any city, in any state in this country, and you give them incorrect information, you could never, ever, ever be charged with a crime, ever. There's no such thing as lying to a police officer. There isn't. And in fact, there's no such thing as lying to a federal police officer. It's providing false information. So if you're talking to them and you are wrong, and they prove you're wrong, even if you had the best intentions, it's a defense, but you can still be charged. And so if you think about it, isn't that what Director Ray did? He said the, that nobody from his office, you know, was abusing the visa uh, courts. He was wrong. They were. They were mm-hmm. using for personal information even. They were absolutely those that were stalking exes using the visa system um they absolutely had people in his office that were communicating with the media giants and saying don't go with this story it's it's false it's disinformation abusing their power uh, abusing their powers but he was wrong right so he's actually guilty of the charge of providing false information the reason i bring that up is the fbi does a great job they have approximately 38 39,000 employees, men and women that work their damn ass off doing good work. They really do. They have something like 20, and, and I could be wrong on this number, but I would say approximately 20,000 arrests a year. So if you look at how many officers that is, that's like, what is it, like 50 arrests a day? I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, again, not great in math, but it's going to be around that ballpark, 50 to 60. Um, it's amazing the work they do. Many times, though, you know what the charge is that they arrest people on? Mm-mm. Providing false information. Ah. They, have an invest- they have an investigation. They can't make it to its full, full merit, and they can get at least he said something that was inaccurate. That's why I told my wife, do not talk with them, because any lawyer will tell you, don't communicate, right? Right. Um, and, unless it's a compelled interview, and then you have certain privileges as a compelled interview as it relates to work and so forth, but not with the police. So um, I told her, I said, I'll talk to local police any day of the week because I don't. I know that if I'm wrong, it's not going to be held against me. It, they can use it if they want later and say, you know, this was a lie, but it's not a charge. You can't arrest me and put me in prison. Um, many, many celebrities that we know about, uh, I can't think of her name right now, the the queen of clean, she did all the... Um, oh, uh, oh, oh. God, what is her name? She did the self-help books where you... I know who you're talking yeah, about. The name is like gone from my uh, brain too. Guys, but anyways, she went down for it. Uh, again, providing false information. A lot of... A, a four-star general, right? Went down for providing false information and no other crime. So it kind of flies in the face when... Director Ray says, I was wrong. Well, that doesn't cut it. That does not cut it. It happened on your watch. There was a lot of bad things that occurred on your watch with the FBI. Now, is it to the point where the FBI 
is in bed with the Biden. Well, I tell you, I have a problem with the Hunter Biden investigation. I have a problem with the idea that what he did, someone else has recently going down for, I can't think of a name, it's a weird name, but the same exact charge relating to taking foreign money um, and not, you know, putting on your taxes, not declaring it. Right. And that's huge. And he got nothing. He got a, a, a slap on the wrist. Because he's the president's son. son. Yeah. Really? Oh, this is a perfect place for us to insert the president's son when we have it time to do it. Um, yeah, the president's son. It's good to be the president's son. Hey, you call that a powdered wig? That's a powdered wig. Oh, I take out my laptop. Then I lose my laptop. Then I get another laptop. Hey, wait a minute. Low balance alert. Guess I'll have to get a bridge loan from my dad. It's good to be the president's son. I, I thank you for playing that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that song. So, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse in the ground, but uh, I don't think this is political. I think there's some legitimacy to it. Having said that, I think the, the Democrats are definitely using it to say that this is all about Trump. I think some people on the right are using it as a power play. I get that. But there's a there there mm-hmm. when it talks about the, the upper echelon of the FBI, and I'll end it there. All right, so um, let's move on to headline number two, shall we? Yes. D.C. Council passes emergency crime bill amid sharp rise in violent crimes. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, what I, I know very little bit about this, but what I do know about it is that probably uh, February or March, a D.C. councilman, and keep in mind, District of Columbia, D.C., does not have like a House representative. They don't have a senator. It's not a state. But they do have councilmen. And many times these councilmen almost play that part. And they go to Congress and they're asked to speak about different issues and so forth. And they have a, um, a strong connection with the, um, the Congress and the, and the Senate. Uh, because, again, it's all in D.C., and I want to say his name is Phil Mendelson or something like that. He's a councilman. He was um, being interviewed by a um, House representative, a Republican female. I can see it vividly. I can't tell your name. And she asked him, is there a crime crisis? And she used the word crisis, if I remember right, in D.C. And he said no. And she, she, she had this look of utter frustration. Like, what do you mean no? That all the all the stats, all the information. Yes, there's obviously a crime crisis going on right now, but because again, everything's politicized, politicalized, and it's and so he said no. Something to do with the comment was something about what people are saying and the stats aren't reflective of what's happening on the streets. I think it was some and I'm paraphrasing, absolutely paraphrasing. And just the other day, probably a week ago, he came on before the house and said something to the effect of you can get away with murder in DC. It's that bad. Wow. It's that bad. So he, if you will, is smelling the coffee, you know, he was smelling the roses and realizing how stupid what he said before was because it is getting that 
bad where people i mean there was a i don't know if you heard this story um and maybe the next headline so maybe i shouldn't say it but there is a um uh, a, a interpreter who worked with the military for something like almost 20 years he was a kid working with the military at some base and oh gosh i, I couldn't even tell you where it was at and then he became an adult, and he became their official interpreter, and he was murdered after coming to America. And I want to say he went from Chicago to D.C. I, I could be wrong. Oh, no, it was Philadelphia. He was at Philadelphia and then went to D.C., and he was murdered, shot to death by probably kids, um, teenagers. And what a sad – and he survived war-torn – Iraq, war-torn Afghanistan, or I think it was Afghanistan. Um, he survived it, and and they brings his family here and is murdered. I, I'm <sighs> yeah, it's it's getting ridiculous. And so, yes, the D.C. Council has finally woken up. They'll probably spin it some way. So you know, it's the Republicans' fault. And again, I'm not Republican, Democrat, I'm Independent. I'm just tired of people pointing fingers. Stop pointing fingers and lift a damn finger. Exactly. Stop okay. making it political. I'm stop venting. I hopefully <laughs> answer your answer a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, and we have our last headline. So yes. here we go. The last headline for cops and Robin ever. Shooting unfolds at Birmingham, Alabama fire station. Two firefighters are shot. Yeah, all three of these headlines are just literally, to, if not today, this week. Uh, definitely the FBI Director Ray was literally happening as I was leaving. Uh, I didn't get a chance to hear everything, but it's been coming to that point, so I knew a little bit about that. D.C. Council again this week. But this occurred the morning that we're taping this show, Wednesday morning around 8.30. Um, so there's a lot of information I don't know because we don't know collectively yet. But what information I did gleam uh, is that a, a, a man or men, so it's either one or more, went into this fire station. I don't remember the number. Um, and, and it's a suburb of Birmingham. Uh, God, it started with an N. And they went in and shot two firefighters in the abdomen and the legs. What the hell? It sounds really, if, and now this is me now. This isn't the news. Targeted. It sounds targeted. Uh, I don't know if this is a personal target vendetta, um, you know, against somebody they knew, um, or if this is targeted, i.e. Um, Antifa, BOM, what have you, don't know. Black Panthers don't know, but it's clearly, you know, it's not random. It's not random. It surely, to me, reeks of being targeted. But they had information about a vehicle. They didn't provide any pictures. It's a uh, government location, so there's going to be cameras. So they're going to have some cameras. Now, again, people wear masks today thanks to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So how good are our cameras anymore? Uh, but they're going to hopefully, you know, and I don't know how. I know they're in serious condition. At the time the news came out, um, right when I was literally leaving, I, I listened to the news nonstop, even when I'm driving to the studio. So I heard it on the news. Um, I want to say it was a silver vehicle, but again, sadly, there's not much more I can give you on that because at the time, uh, this just occurred. So it's really new information. I hope and pray and my 
absolute best wishes go out to those those two um and i don't even know if they're two men uh, two firefighters that were shot and are in serious condition i hope they make it i hope by the time you're listening you know they're safe and sound and with their families um but more than likely they're going to be in hospital having been shot in the chest and they don't wear they don't wear bulletproof vests thank no. you exactly so them getting these shots and multiple shots multiple rounds it just doesn't sound good and it sounds targeted and god i hope they catch this but i'm afraid but at the end of the day when the dust settles we know what occurred it's going to end up being targeted and whether it's for political again or you know whether it's in tifa or or some of these proud boys or whoever it is that hates cops and and wants to do bad things to um our first responders firemen firemen are if you think about it a soft target. I don't want to put all new information out there, but when you're angry at law enforcement, it's going to be hard to get them at a station. This and to hit them in a station. It's happened. Don't get me wrong. It's this happened. is their house. But this literally, thank you. It's where they eat. It's where they sleep. It's where they go to the bathroom. It is their home, and the security there just isn't as tight at your house as it is where you work. And a police station has much tighter securities. It just does. Um, not to suggest it's, you know, they don't have security, but it's just not as tight. So I'm afraid this is targeted. I really am. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that is <sighs> ouch. Yeah, again, um, three very hard to talk about headlines, and each of them has a political slant to it. Crazy. I, I, and again, the last one is me thinking there's political slant to the extent that this is targeted. There's a reason they're going after first responders. And again, because we have a target and firemen so, uh, have absolutely been part of that war on police. Well, we are coming back. We're going to have a much lighter segment with uh, actually a, a loony law. We're going to do loony laws. Oh, wow. Bringing We're going to do back. stupid suspect story. And we'll do one each. That way, we can. It'll be our last, our last Looney Law, L L. Oh yeah. L L L. Last Looney Law, and then a uh, last stupid suspect. We'll do a heroic headline and a final inspirational closing message. We'll be right back. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. During these challenging days, we not only need to remember our many fallen heroes for their ultimate sacrifice, but also honor them so their families know we've not forgotten. And that's what the Arizona Fallen Hero Memorial Riders Organization is all about. Each year, the nonprofit organizes three memorial rides among the beautiful backdrop of North, South, and Central Arizona, with the proceeds going to the 100 Club of Arizona. Learn more about these fun rides and how you can honor all of Arizona's fallen heroes at ArizonaFallenHeroesMemorialRiders.org. You're listening to Batch Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Batch Boys. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to this Looney Law because we haven't done Looney Law in a long time. My gosh, you're not kidding. It's been a while. Uh, I love the tune that we get to play, but this is so bizarre. Uh, again, I'm just going to do one each. I'm going to do one Looney Law, then we'll go into Heroic, and then uh, one Stupid Suspect. So without further ado, here's our Looney Law.
Uh, I love this. <laughs> this is a stubborn children law out of the general court of Massachusetts Bay Colony. Now, the fact that I said Massachusetts Bay Colony gives you a hint. This is an old law, but it was only removed within my lifetime in 1973. But could you picture a a law that would help you with a stubborn child. And again, the key word being stubborn, not, you know, combative, not violent. I, I would not, love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, stubborn, you know, you know, I don't know what that is, but we're going to find out. The general court of Massachusetts Bay Colony enacted a law in November of 1646. Yeah. I told you this is old providing among other things for the capital punishment of male children that were disobedient to their parents. That's right. You could kill your male child if they're disobedient. Although the death penalty phase was later removed and punishment for disobedient daughters was added. Okay, so they said, okay, fair, yeah. fair, add the girls. The law was not repealed until 1973. Again, that's showing my age, no doubt about it. Uh, now, similar laws were enacted in Connecticut as well and Rhode Island and New Hampshire. Uh, in the Massachusetts law, it said, quote, if a man have a stubborn or rebellious son of sufficient years and understanding 16 years of age, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and mother, being his natural parents, lay hold on him and bring him to the magistrates assembled in court and testify unto them that their son is stubborn and rebellious and will not obey their voice and chastisement. And I'm sure I'm screwing up that word. But lives and sundry notorious crimes, such as son, shall be put to death. Ooh. I know. Ooh, that's I extreme. Know. Yeah, chastising. I, it's a base chastisement, I guess. Chastisement. I, I didn't know that was a word. I knew chastise is yeah, chastising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I learned but, something uh, new. Yeah, possible by death. Uh, and it, it took until 1973 to remove that law. Now there's So that's not child abuse? No, that was legal. You can literally kill your son or daughter if they were stubborn. I mean, to me, what's stubborn? Is that the eye rolling? Well, I'm thinking the the two-year-old hissy fits. Well, they did throw in the word 16, so I don't know. Yeah, at some point in the in the phrase, they still take them out at that uh, age. uh, Well, they said of sufficient years and understanding 16 years of age. So, like maybe like. Old enough to be almost a 16-year-old is what I'm taking that as meaning. I don't know. Playing was, sick, they don't want to go to school kind of thing, maybe. Stubborn? They don't want to, they don't want to clean their, their food? They don't I want don't to clean know. their room? It's like, what is stubborn? Wow. That's a death sentence wow. in uh, Massachusetts Bay oh, Colony. My and goodness. that is a loony, loony, scary law. Uh, and now to a heroic headline. This is uh, the uh, residents were absolutely devastated. And again, this is very current in Vermont, the Deleuze, the rain. Um, there was 100, over 175 water rescues over the last three-day period in Vermont. Uh, Montpierre, I'm, I'm, I know I'm screwing up that, that and that's a capital. 
of Vermont, but I've always had a problem with that um, pronunciation of their capital. Uh, yes, yeah, stunned and soaked, the residents have been paddling through the main streets and canoes and everything else. It, it's amazing when you look at the footage of, of Vermont, not just in the capital city, but in the, um, the other areas. There's a um, dam that was, you know, at the brink, and they kept, you know, letting water out, and that was doing a lot of flooding, but had that dam broke, um, there'd be deaths. And right now, there haven't been any deaths. And that is the heroic headline, that these National Guard, these police officers that are already out of a building, they don't have their building. It's under, it's been contaminated. There's this strong smell of chemicals in the water. So that tells you that it's it's everywhere. And it's got into some type of chemical factories. And, and so this harmful water. And in terms of sickness and, and disease and everything else, right, and sanitation and so forth. Um, so it's a bad situation. But the fact that there's no deaths tells me that these men and these women, both National Guard and police, uh, local and state, have absolutely done a heroic job. And absolutely kudos to them and to those who are volunteering um, these rescues. There's canoes all over the place. Um, bless their hearts. And that is our heroic headline. Now we get to go. Again, I always talk about Jason when he does the heroic headline. It's, you know, the heart of humanity. And now I get to go to the bowels of depravity and truly our stupid suspect story. Yeah, I love that song. I really do. Uh, this is pretty cool. A George, the headline is a Georgia murder suspect tracked down after leaving his phone behind at a Dinah Dash scene. Yeah, that's right. A Georgia man wanted for murder. He's wanted for murder. was busted after he left his phone with his face on the f- cover. You know really? how that has that screensaver? Yeah, screensaver. Yeah, so it has his face on it, right? And he does a Dinah Dash and leaves. Um, his name is Brian Garfield Fort. And and him and his pals walked out of the juicy crab. I'm, yeah, I can only imagine that seafood, right? I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. it's seafood and yeah, not a. I would a, think so. Not a bordello or a strip but, joint. Yeah, I'm thinking bordello, strip joint. Yeah, the juicy crab uh, in Cobb County without paying after running up a hundred dollar tab. Uh, the group drove off, and the police were notified. When police arrived, they found uh, this guy's forced phone in the booth where they'd been sitting. So his stupidity, leaving his phone behind, and his picture. The phone's lock screen, again, uh, was a selfie of him, which helped police quickly identify him. Narcissistic uh, much? Oh, right, right. I mean, God, how stupid can you be? Seriously. <laughs> uh, restaurant police snapped a picture of his license plate before he took off, so they had his face, his his car because he used his own car so now i have his face his car and within hours a license plate reader got a hit on his car in brookhaven where he was taken into custody without incident uh fort had killed a man in decatur i actually pronounced that one right earlier this year and now is so based on a stupid dining dash with his own vehicle with his uh portrait uh selfie because his narcissistic uh, tendencies will be his undoing, and he's in jail. Oh and my. that is the stupid suspect story. And before I have um, beautiful Rock and Robin Cote read this 
inspirational closing message. I want to give you a little uh, insight. Um, we have our show on FRN. Mm-hmm. The person that wrote this email happened to see our show, and that is going to be said in an email that uh, Robin will be reading. Uh, but the person who was on our show, the guest, was so moved that she shared this with me because this person did get in contact uh, with Susan Francis. And so when you're done reading it, I'll explain the rest of the story. Okay. I just saw an episode on ba- of Badge Boys on FRN with Susan Francis. I am a firefighter, EMS, and wildland firefighter. I have reached out numerous times to various resources for help to no avail. I am now reaching out to you. I feel there is hope for the first time. Could you please provide me with more information on how to get involved in this? I feel like I'm completely alone in this struggle. Thank you. Wow, I can feel the emotion in that message. Yeah, I know. As as emotional as you are is how Susan was. Um, One of our early shows on FRN... um, and, and we've had it on, on the podcast as well, obviously, because we, we duplicate the, the same show that we do for the podcast that we do for the FRN network. And Susan Francis is a paramedic. Um, she's an incredible paramedic. She is one of those that goes into the helicopter. She's with the police. She's all over the place. Uh, she's dealt with children. And she had a PTSI situation and i don't want to go into detail on that it got her involved in the uh aurelius group which provides counseling it provides all sorts of tailored unique outside the box thinking in terms of helping someone that's in a dark place it helped her to the extent where susan was able to climb uh mount kilimanjaro and she, she equated it to she was able to climb out of her depression by climbing that mountain. And it woke her up. It, it saved her. And now she's been, she's been involved with the, uh, this nonprofit, which is a wonderful, wonderful. It's spelled A-U-R-E-L-I-U-S um, dot org. And or watch the FRN show. I, I wish I remember what uh, podcast number it That's was. That's why I'm kind of looking, trying to find it. Yeah, it was probably I'd say a year ago. I would say about a year ago. It's probably, in fact, it was episode number four for the FRN folks. So if you're on the FRN and you're, you're wanting to see the TV show, uh, it was number four. And she was so excited. She shared this with me. She's in, in touch with this individual. I'm not going to say anything more than that. But think about this. This is a, um, a hot shot. This is a hot shot. This is someone who, who, who saves us from the fires. This is someone who's involved in first responding to the nth degree. And this is someone who is literally on fire with pain and could not get in contact and, and connect with anyone. This is, this is scary. This, this, I'm so glad they happened upon our show because it, it tells me that what we're doing is working. It, it is. It's absolutely working. But keep in mind, that as important as I think our show is, 988. Thank you. I was just going to say yeah, that. Yeah, 988 is the hotline. We're now at a point, and I guarantee you, he didn't know that. 
And he was probably calling some of these old numbers. He was, but nine eight eight, and uh, that's something I need to talk more about. Maybe we'll do that at the end of uh, you know all the uh, the old shows when we update them with our sponsor. Uh, we'll put nine eight eight at the end. You know, always that's that's how you. Can, and then if you go nine eight eight, and then you go one, that gets you right to the military because it's a different group of people that handle that type of challenging depression. So. That is, I think, so inspiring to leave that note that it is, it is. Badge Boys uh, helped this one individual based on our guests. It's all about our guests. It always has been, always will be. I cannot thank you enough, Robin, for four years of not just being the best sound person in the business, not for being the great rock and roll all-star that you are, Rock and Robin, but for being a dear, dear friend. And I just have loved doing this show these four years. You're going to make me years. cry, man. Uh, we've just had a wonderful <laughs> time, a wonderful friendship. Uh, I want to thank Dave Pratt for giving us this microphone for just Jason and I. Uh, for Out of blue, just said, you know what? They have, a, they have a message, and Jason absolutely has the most inspiring message. Let's get these two together. This was born out of LinkedIn, guys, just so <coughs> you was. know. It was yeah. born out of LinkedIn, and Dave reached out and put these two guys together and brought them into my world. And yeah. it's honestly, Darren, and I shouldn't say this on the air because I may be chastised for saying it. This has been absolutely one of my most favorite shows to produce it's been such a great experience for me. And like I said in an earlier segment, I'm grateful that you're coming back to do something different. And I look forward to the new Darren Birch show that's coming on board because it has a lot of flavorings that are going to just spike my world it's, into overdrive. It's different, huh? Yes, it that's is. Zone. And yeah. I look forward to it. And I'm so grateful that we get to continue working, working together and that our friendship is going to continue to flourish. Love you. I love you. And... Thank you to the listening audience these many these four years listening to the Badge Boys, listening to Jason uh, vent during our Cop Talk segments, and then inspire you with his closing inspirational message. Uh, without you, there is no Badge Boys. And uh, I hope you stick around and listen to some of the uh, old shows that we're going to update. If you haven't heard them, or even if it's been a long time, it's been four years, um, I think you'll enjoy it. And maybe even catch me on the Badge Zone. Until next week or next time, stay safe. Batch Boys. Thanks for listening to Batch Boys. <laughs> Stories, insights, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Batch Boys. Heard weekly and worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks and all mobile devices. Batch Boys. Batch Boys.